Okay, today is lesson two in our unit of creation in the whole Bible. And today's lesson is about God cares for his creation. And we just taken prayer requests, so I'm going to see if Brother Thurman will lead us in prayer. Hopefully he'll record it. <laughs> Well, Father, we thank you so much for this day, Lord, for just allowing us to be able to gather even at this time. Father, we thank you for your word today, for it teaches us that we're two or three gathering in your name, that you are there in the midst. And Lord, we thank you for being with us this morning. But yet, Lord, there are so many needs, Lord, even in the midst of us, that's on the sound of my voice. Father God, you know every situation. You even know the many hairs are on our head. You know everything. Father, we just lifting that up in the name of Jesus today. Praying, Father God, that you would meet every need that's even in here, that's in the sanctuary that's going to meet today. Those that do know you, that needs just anointing, that just need a little more bush, uh, push, and just need just, Lord, just your confirmation today. We ask that you will pour out your blessings in a mighty way today in the name of Jesus. I just thank you, Lord, for even touching my mom today. Lord, we have been praying and interceding, oh, Father God, for health, most of all, Lord, for salvation. And, Lord, I know that everything going to work according to your time and on your plan. We believe in that in the name of Jesus. Even our sister this morning, Lord, that has a cousin in Georgia or have a friend in Georgia. Lord, she needs you today. Lord, there's so many uh, things that are going on, even that. But, Lord, nothing that is hidden from your eye. Father, we lift this country up before you, and Lord, we just ask you to be with our president, be with everybody that's, that's in the office in the Senate. You know every city, even our governors, Lord, even they need a touch from you today, Father God. Most of all, Lord, just allow the saints to continue, Lord, to stand on your word and not to waver to the right or to the left. Lord, I'm asking you to bless our teacher today. Thank you for his faithfulness to this class, and most of all, to you. Lord, we ask you to save his son today. We're lifting up Timmy today, Lord. Lord, we are crying out, Lord, for salvation today. Oh, Lord, you said we have not because we ask not. And we're asking today for salvation. Lord, allow your supernatural power to take place. Most of all, the blood of Jesus to be applied. Lord, we thank you for this day, and we pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So far we're on. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Yes, we need to continue to lift up those in Afghanistan for sure that all these planes are ready to take off with them and they're not letting them take off and so they're they're trying to hold them as hostage. So we were, there's about six planes that that uh, the United States has sent over there to pick them up. Amen. Oh, oh, you can believe that's what you yeah. Jesus said, don't fear those that can only destroy the body because they're going to be with the Lord. Amen. But it is serious.
for their salvation. Jesus died for them as well as for the believers. Uh, today, like I said, we're going to be looking at lesson two in our unit about the creation and the whole Bible. And uh, our title of this lesson is God Cares for His Creation. I know the book just says creation, but I like it, His Creation, because it's His. And the key verse is found in uh, Job, the 31st chapter in verse 4, where it states, Doth not he see my ways and count all my steps? And uh, NLT says, Doesn't he see everything I do and every step I take? You know, the children used to sing a song, Be careful, little eye, what you see and so forth, because the Father up above is looking down in love. That's good for children to sing that and to realize that the Lord is watching them and uh, not to hit them over the head with anything, but to make sure that they're cared for, because he does care for his creation. And, and children are very special to him. You know, he rebuked the disciples that, wanted to keep the children away from him. He said, no, permit them to come unto me. Even though he was tired and the disciples thought, he doesn't have time for these children. Jesus always has time for anybody that wants to come to him, whether they're a child or adult, because he said, whosoever come to me, I will in no wise cast out. All right. We got a place for you on the front here, Opal. <laughs> no, we just we're just starting really. So we also sing other songs such as His Eyes on the Sparrow and we know He's watching over us and how true that is. And, and um, what a mighty God we serve is a beautiful chorus. And of course we all know how great thou art and how that talks about creation and how God is over the universe and over everything. Our central truth is God cares for all of his creation. And so we're going to be looking at how he cares for this universe, but also how he cares for animals and how he is sovereign over humans as well. And uh, so he does care for all of his creation. So in this lesson, we'll observe Job as he is confronted by the God of creation. Job has been posing questions that may be legitimate, but some have been offered in a way kind of irreverent, almost accusatory ways, accusing God. In answering him, God put Job in his place, so to speak, reminding Job that he is one of God's creatures, not the all-knowing, all-powerful, and sovereign creator. And uh, 
So he, he had quite an experience with God speaking directly to him audibly from a whirlwind or kind of like a twister or tornado we would call it today. Um, Job, even though it's kind of in the middle of your Bible, it's really the first book that was ever written before Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, because Moses wrote that. And Job was during the time of Abraham or uh, a little before Abraham. I kind of think he probably was a little before because uh, I think God would have pointed out Abraham to Satan as, instead of Job if Abraham was there. But uh, anyway, it was in that time period. And this, uh, if you look at the first chapter, it says there was a man in the land of Uz, that's Uzi, not Ozi. He's not from Oz. <laughs> but they, uh, they say it was kind of like Edom today or, or down there in the s southern part of the um, Middle East um, near Saudi Arabia and that area is where that Uz was located and it gives his name there whose name was Job and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Anybody know what eschewed means? <laughs> what did someone say? Shun, right. Or avoid. He avoided and shunned evil so he definitely was dedicated to God. And, of course, we know that God blessed him and gave him a family of ten children that were probably adults at this time that this book is being written. Uh, we're not sure who wrote Job, just like we're not sure who wrote Hebrews. But uh, it, it probably wasn't Job himself, although some believe it might have been him because he said, oh, that my words were written in a book. Why would he say that if he's writing it? <laughs> but anyway, uh, someone really had a revelation, definitely, of what was going on in the heavens as well as what was going on on earth. Because uh, as far as we know, God didn't tell Job about this meeting with Satan up in heaven and so forth. But... Um, God revealed it to whoever wrote the book of Job. If you have ever toured the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, D.C., you may have seen dozens of inventions that made you wonder how their inventors came to make them. Wouldn't it be exciting if each invention on display had the original inventor there to answer your questions. Now put yourself in Job's shoes. What question would you ask God about his creation? And uh, the words of First Chronicles 29, 11 says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. That's the NLT version. 
These words may leave you with the impression that the creature is being confronted by the handiwork of the Creator and left nearly speechless. The writer is in effect trying to say, he's created it all, he owns it all, he controls it all. And uh, like I said, we're looking at creation through the Bible and uh, definitely the Creator speaks to us there in those last three chapters or so of Job. So we go all the way to chapter 38 and verse 1, where it states, The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, and uh, we're going to be looking at some more there in Job 38, uh, but this is what he said, Who is this that darkness counsel? by words without knowledge. Who's speaking without knowing what he's talking about, in other words? And so this was quite a rebuke. And we, we see that Job was wondering why he had to go through all that, you know, when he was pleasing God and serving God. And here he lost all things, you know. He lost his whole family, except his wife. Uh, she was still alive. But uh, he lost seven sons and three daughters. And a whirlwind just came and, and wiped them away. I don't know where he thought that whirlwind was coming after him now or not, but I just thought of that where it says God spoke to him out of a whirlwind. And uh, so he wanted to have an audience with God, as you read in Job where he said, oh, that I may present my case before him. Well, God is giving him a chance to present his case. But before Job could say anything, <coughs> God asked him a lot of questions. He gave him 50 more questions <coughs> that Job probably wouldn't be able to answer himself anyway. Uh, today, scientists could probably answer most of these, but Job in his day, you know, there wasn't all that scientific knowledge, and so it was all baffling questions. God isn't obligated to tell us why we're going through something. I know we sing that song about how that by and by when the morning comes, we'll understand it all. Maybe not. Because God isn't obligated to answer our questions. But he will answer a sincere heart. And uh, God always likes to ask questions for questions. <laughs> you notice Jesus, uh, they'd ask him a question and he'd ask. He said, well, not, I asked you a question. <laughs> yeah, and so... Uh, God answers questions with questions sometimes, but he doesn't really tell us why. <coughs> so we skip down now to the 18th verse through the 38th. That's a good reading there. Uh, I'll let Sherry read that. 18 through 38. 18. 
All right, chapter 18. Uh, chapter 1. Oh, sorry. Oh. Chapter 1? No, I'm sorry. You're right. Chapter 28. Not 18, though, but it's 38. 18. 18 through 38. Okay. All 18. Have you comprehended? Now, mine is uh, NIV, so it's going to be a little It'll different. Yeah, it might make more sense. Right. Um, have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. What is the way to the abode of light? And where does darkness reside? Can you take them to their places? Do you know the paths to their dwellings? Surely you know, for you were already born. You have lived so many years. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of the hail, which are reserved for times of trouble, for days of war and battle? What is the way to the place where the lightning is dispersed or the place where the east winds scattered over the earth? Who cuts a channel for the torrents of rain and a path for the thunderstorms to water a land where no one lives? an uninhabited desert to satisfy a desolate wasteland to make it sprout with grass. Does the rain have a father? Who fathers the drops of dew? From whose womb comes the ice? Who gives birth to the frost from the heavens when the, when the waters become hard as stone, when the surface of the deep is frozen? Can you bind the chains of the What's that word? The plaids? Plaids. Can you loosen Orion's belt? Can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons or lead out the, the bearer with its cubs? Do you know the laws of the heavens? Can you set up dog, uh, can you set up God's dominion over the earth? Can you raise your voice to the clouds and cover yourself with floods of with a flood of water? Do you send the lightning bolts on their way? Do you report, do they report to you? We are, here we are. Who gives the bits, who gives the abyss wisdom or gives the rooster understanding? <laughs> who has the wisdom to count the clouds? Who can tip over the water jars of the heavens when the dust becomes hard and the clods of earth stick together? I sure don't want to take any God's tests <laughs> or examinations because he knew that Job didn't know that, but he was showing Job that he wasn't as smart as he thought he was or that he, yeah, so he was kind of putting him in his place. But, but Right, yeah, right, because it's true that uh, God does all these things, you know, and and he names all the stars, and he just named a few there, uh, that uh, Plitius and Orion, or whatever they are. Uh, but he, it says he can name all the stars in, in one of the verses. And what a mighty God we serve, that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, he, as our brother was praying a while ago, he, he knows the very hairs on our head, you know. It was an infinite and 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 personal God that He is, that 
Not only can he name all the stars, he can name all the people on the world, in the world that's in it now and has been in it. <laughs> and whenever God called anyone, he always called them by name because he knows all our names. And uh, uh, I think Jason Crabb sings a song about he knows my name and how true that is. He knows our name. And uh, you couldn't really introduce someone to him that he didn't already know their name. And uh, sometimes he'll even change their name after he's been introduced to them because he has a new name for us as well. And uh, when, when Andrew introduced his brother, uh, Simon, he said, well, you're Simon, but you shall be called Peter. And so he, he changed his name to fit what he was going to be able to do for the kingdom of God. And uh, so... They both had a change, right? Because he allowed part of his name to be with their name. And so there's that connection between them. As our pastor's been preaching on the image, you know, God's image within us and, and how that he will change us more and more each day toward his image. And uh, so he has a new name for all of us because in Revelation it says he will give the overcomer a new name. And uh, he himself has a name that no man knows. <coughs> but it will be revealed in the Revelation. So that those verses was letting you know that God is control of the heaven and the earth. What ifs. Right. But with faith and trust, it is so comforting. You know, why do I worry about tomorrow if he's got all this other <laughs> mapped out? You know, yeah. Yeah. he knows my, the end from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, my, my little problems are nothing. So it's a matter of really of how you look at God and, and you realize that God is more than man. It's when we try to make him like a man, we're in his image, mm-hmm. but we don't have his knowledge. Right. We don't need to make him into our image. Into our, exactly. We exactly. need to be in his image. Right. And then it's easy. Right. And it's easy because we just keep it to him. Amen. <laughs> and it's not our way. It, exactly. That's it's true. Mm-hmm. His, right. thoughts. his right. thoughts are not our thoughts. Yeah. It's, it's higher than what we can think. and mm-hmm. and uh, But you see his love through it all and how that he does care. And that's what our lesson mainly is about, uh, how God cares for his creation. And so first of all, we were looking at how he governs the heaven and the earth and and he, he cares for what's going on in nature, as we call it, uh, and how that he makes sure that Animals are taken care of as well as the heavens and the earth. And that's what our next part is in the 39th chapter of Job, where it talks about his care for animals. And um, 1 through 13, who'd like to read that? Brother Mickey, you want to read that? 
39, 1 through 13. Job chapter 39, starting with verse 1. Knowest thou the time when the wild goats of the rock bring forth? Or canst thou mark when the hinds do cleave? Canst thou number the months that they are fulfilled? Or know, knowest thou the time when they bring forth? They bow themselves, they bring forth their young ones, and cast out their sorrows. Their young ones are in good, good lacking. They grow up with corn they go forth and return and not unto them who hath sent out the wild as ass free who hath loosed the bonds of the wild ass whose house have i made the wilderness and the barren land his dwelling who scorneth the multitude of the city neither regardeth the crying or the driver the range of the mountains is pasture and the and he searcheth after every green thing. When the unicorn is willing to serve thee or abide by thy the crib, canst thou bind the unicorn and his band to the furrow? Or will the fur harrow the valley after thee? Will thou trust him because his strength is great? Or wilt thou leave thy labor to him? Will thou believe him that he will bring home thy seed and gather it into the barn gavest thou the godly wings unto the peacocks or wings of feathers unto the ostrich Did you have any comment? Yeah. well uh, he's telling us that all these created things that he has created that we can see but can't understand really how they uh, do what they do God has given us, given animals the distinct ability to look for their, uh, what they need. And the, the only cry, just like it said about the ravens, young ravens crying, they're crying to God for, for food. And if, if you've ever seen a bird nest and the baby's crying, they're crying for mama, bring me that worm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're really looking for answers. And it would be wise if some of our uh, uh, intellectual professors and people around the world would have this same conversation with God that, that uh, Job is having today because they would understand that they don't know it all, but they think they do. Now, they can, they can predict weather situations and stuff today that Job couldn't predict then because of, of the clouds and stuff in the air, but where do the clouds come? From who forms the clouds, where we get the rain and the lightning and, and everything. Uh, we've, I've said many times, it is more thinkable that somebody created it than it just came from a big boom. Exactly. Yeah, there's no way a big boom could give us what we have today. God knows how to humble us. How many times have we asked God why? Uh huh. He couldn't understand it at the time. Well, that's true. You know? Yeah. 
you know, after his resurrection, even the disciples asked him a question. And he said, it's not for you to know that. <laughs> That's in the Father's power. <laughs> Just go ahead and get baptized in the Holy Ghost is what you need to do, is what he told them. Because <laughs> next time we go to the zoo, it's, uh, it's going to be a little different because like the one you just read. You can right. Read even though I know that God yeah. created, but it just gives you right. another perspective yeah. of all, yeah. the, all these different animals. Right. Yeah, they have different times of their cycles of the uh, pregnancy and birth. Uh, I think I heard an elephant... Uh, is pregnant about several months more than you know humans are. And, <laughs> and I've also, I've also heard, I've also, I have also heard because we, if we watch a wilderness show, we right. see these animals who prey on other animals. Uh -huh. But I remember one time listening to a documentary, and these specific animals feed off of specific animals. But what they do is in order to in in doing that, they keep the amount of that particular animal down to a specific or an area of count right. to where it's they're not uh, overpopulated. Right. So I mean, only God knows how to do that. Sure. Right. Yeah, come on. And Jesus said, you know, not even one sparrow will fall to the ground without God knowing about it. Yeah. <laughs> Before our even before our mothers even knew what they were going to name us, before we even had a, a mother. Yeah, it's just that's really amazing. amazing when you think of what a mighty God would serve. All right. If you uh, look back at creation in the beginning in the Garden of Eden, right. All the animals didn't feed off of each other. That's God true. provided their yeah, their own food. Right. Yes. right. That's so true. They, yes. They didn't start feeding off each other until. Yeah, right. And uh, so God provides for them, but they still have to go out and get it, you know. He, he doesn't just rain worms down on the birds. They have to go <laughs> dig into the ground and find a worm and bring it up to their nest. So like it says, uh, and someone mentioned, if you go to a wild animal preserve or even a large zoo, you have probably been intrigued by the diversity of the animal kingdom. God's creativity and detailed planning are hard to miss when you observe the animals, especially if you can see them in their natural habitat and learn of their habits. Television shows, someone mentioned, Detailing these creatures have captured the attention of viewers of all ages through the years. They have a whole channel called Discovery Channel, you know, where you can learn a lot about the animals. And they have um, one also now about uh, nature's uh, animals talking to each other. <laughs> but uh, uh, they still bring out a lot of different things about each animal. And uh, if there was the truth of evolution, Noah, Noah would only had to take two monkeys because they would evolve in all these other things. But no, he had to take two of each kind, and, and uh, male and female. 
which also shows the false teaching of evolution. Uh, one by one, Job was confronted by the magnitude of God's wisdom in contrast to his own minuscule knowledge. Even today, the mysteries of procreation are in many ways still unknown. Uh, I noticed in the ninth verse it mentioned the unicorn. Will the unicorn be willing to serve? Um, we usually think of a unicorn as a uh, make-believe animal or something, but it, it mentions that, but I don't know what the NIV says on no, that ninth yeah, verse. wild ox yeah I've also heard it referred to as a rhinoceros and said just have one horn you know a rhinoceros and he goes on to mention Leviathan and other things you know that we don't really know exactly what he was talking about some say it could have been a dinosaur back then you know <coughs> others say a hippopotamus and some say a crocodile and a whale is, uh, but we don't know <laughs> what exactly he was referring to with those animals. Um, 19 through 25, did someone read that? I forgot. <laughs> no, uh, 19 through 25, do you have that? Brother Larry, Larry? Yes, sir. Job 39, verse 19. Do you give the horse his might? Do you clothe his neck with a mane? Do you make him leap like the locust? His majestic snorting is terrifying. He paws in the valley and exults in his strength. He goes out to meet the weapons. He laughs at fear and is not dismayed. He does not turn back from the sword. Upon him rattled the quiver, the flashing spear, and the javelin. With fierceness and rage, he swallows the ground. He cannot stand still at the sound of the trumpet. When the trumpet sounds, he says, Aha! He smells the battle from afar, the thunder of the captains, and the shouting. Usually you, you don't see an army going to town on a donkey, you know, or I mean going to war on a donkey. They're going on a, a horse and because and, uh, they're able to uh, hold up longer than any other animal. <coughs> and uh, they do have strength, all right. That's why he talks about right away about the strength of the horse and how it's it's made for battle, made for war. And uh, of course today we use tanks and all that, but <laughs> back then in biblical times they, they had to use horses most of the time when they went into war, into battle. And do what? They still use them today. Right. Police departments with um, horse patrols. 
Yeah. When we were first went into Afghanistan, yes. it was not working. That's right. true. Yes. And Canada has their mounted police um, forces. Yes. Yeah. And I think in New York they even are using some horses to to go around the traffic area better than in a car. By horse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the buggies and wagons, it was just one horsepower. But now we have 300 horses under our hood. Yeah. An 800. <laughs> That's right. That's how we measure power by, uh, by the horsepower. <laughs> All right, and then we come to uh, 39 through 41. That's just a few verses there. Um, that didn't write. 39 through 41. Oh, okay. Those are chapters, yeah. Chapters 39 through 41. There we go. I was going to say, I don't have 39 verses in that chapter. Oh, okay. That's, I was trying to find it in 39. Oh, it went back to us. Yeah, okay. Wilt thou hunt the prey for the lion, or fill the appetite of the young lions when they couch in their dens and abide in the covert to lie and wait, who provideth for the raven his food, when his young ones cry unto God, they wonder for lack of meat. And uh, there again we see how animals will, will be better protecting their young than humans are many times, as well as being uh, monogamous in their relationship. with they, they stay with that one mate all their life. A lot of animals do. Um, so anyway, those are some other questions that God asked Job. And um, God asked Job if he could explain the strange behavior even of an ostrich. Uh, or the fierce and fearless strength of the war horse. We talked about that. And how could Job even begin to explain the diversity, oddities, and uniqueness of God's animal creation? I still see animals on, on TV, you know, that I never heard of, <laughs> but uh, God knows of them. And he, he takes care of them, that they are fed. And... Uh, he could not, and only after Job realized the limitations of his human wisdom and knowledge, would he be ready to be instructed by the Creator. <coughs> so our last part has to do with God's care over the human race. And it goes back then to the 31st chapter of Job. Yes, ma'am. About even it was only after no, it was only after 
it was only after he heard the thing, these things from God was Job able to actually understand and maybe ask a question. And don't you think that maybe possibly after listening to all of this and receiving all of this information that his question was probably a little different than what he started off? Mm. I mean, I dare anybody leave this class today being discouraged. I mean, the, the right. magnitude of God and, and his, the wonder and the strength and recognizing, who, sometimes we forget, like we said, we put God in our, in our little box and we forget how great he is. And then we listen to something like this and we read something like this. How can we not be encouraged? Amen. And I think, and I think after we, you know, reading something like this, if there's something in our lives that we're questioning or we're doubting or we're pondering, I think after listening to this, reading these scriptures, I think our, I think our perspective is different. And so how we receive life as right. it is, is takes a little bit of a, a turn. Right. I know we're out of time, but uh, I did want to mention the fact that how Job did respond. Um, right. <laughs> God has a plan for every one of us. That's right. Yeah, with with marriage, God usually will have opposites. You know, where you can where you can uh, help each other that way. Right. So, uh, so Job truly repented after hearing all those questions and said, I I'm going to shut my mouth. I don't have anything to say. Mosquitoes, roaches, all those things yeah, will feed animals. Right. Yeah. But no matter how good, I know, <laughs> I see Danny out there. Uh, <laughs> I, we know no matter how wonderful an animal is, only humans are made in the image of God. Amen. And he has given us responsibility to take care 
of his creation, which we'll be looking at next Sunday about our responsibility in taking care of the creation. All right, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the way that you're able to humble us and realizing that we don't know anything sometimes, but <laughs> what we do know, we, we have received it from you, Lord, and we pray that you'll just continue to have your way in each of our lives, and we thank you for being with the service to follow. I think there's a baptism, bless the baptism today, if they're having that, and also 